we're writing down what we see in the world, what's beautiful, what's notable, what's profound, what's shaping and challenging so that God's children can read it. And then our job is to just wait with happy excitement and see what God's gonna do with it. It's out of our control at that point and it's for God's use for his children. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is New York Times bestselling writer Shauna Nequist, author of Present Over Perfect and many other books. I haven't met Shauna yet, but we do have so many things in common. Friends, a church, a city we love. She too is a New Yorker, you see. Shauna shares with us today about how journaling and writing have helped her in her life and in her faith. And she also shares some writing tips, which I don't know about you, but I'm always so fascinated. I always want to know what notebooks do people use? What special secret pencils? What's your favorite pen? Where do you sit? And Shauna also speaks about her writing rituals, which reminds me of something a professor of playwriting once said about how crucial ritual is to writing. He said, Even making your cup of tea or cup of coffee in the same way every morning is part of the process. It clues your subconscious in to the fact that you're getting ready to write. Isn't that fascinating? We also talk about perfectionism in writing and in life. And I love this. Shauna talks about being not perfect and how crucial that is to the writing process how important it is to basically make a mess. And I can totally testify to that. And when I go into schools, one of the things I love to do is show children my very terrible, big, messy first drafts with all the editor's big crossings out all over the page. The children usually gasp. They thought you have to get it right first time. Shauna shares how that's sometimes how we approach Bible reading, too. But she asks us to consider, what if our mess and our not-perfectness, what if they're actually a gateway to finding the pull? Anne Lamott famously talks about having to write two pages of really bad draft to maybe find one pull on the third page. Leonard Cohen said, forget your perfect offering, there's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. I once heard a Newbery Award-winning writer being asked by a teenager what made her want to write novels. Her reply was just wonderful. Oh, I don't write novels. I wouldn't be nearly clever enough. I write two pages a day. In the end, the most freeing thing that I've found is to realize that your job as the writer is to get out of the way and let the story through. And suddenly, it all becomes about more than just writing. Speaking of getting out of the way, I think it's high time I did, don't you? 
So, without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Shauna Nequist. My name is Shauna Nequist. I am a writer. I live in New York City. I'm married to Aaron. We just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary, and we have two sons, Henry and Matt. They are 14 and 9. So I tend to, I get up when my kids get up and I do like the morning thing with them, coffee, getting backpacks ready, hanging out with them. I walk my little guy to school. And then it's once I get back to the apartment that like I kind of dive into my own journaling practice. I am a definite 100% extremely hardcore coffee drinker. And I mostly, when I'm at home and when I'm kind of diving into my daily routine, I write on my laptop. I have this tiny little desk and it looks right out of the courtyard in our building. And I just love it. It's really green. We have beautiful trees. And so I do that in like a coffee. I have the same candle I light every day. It was a gift from a really good friend and it reminds me of her. And so that's kind of the more formal. And then the other side of it is I, Anne Lamott, who's one of my favorite writers in the world, says, you're not a writer if you're published. You're not a writer if you, you know, win a Pulitzer. You're not a, you're a writer if you keep an index card and a pen in your back pocket all the time. That's what makes you a writer. And I totally subscribe to that. And so I have a little like hotel pad of paper with me absolutely all the time and a pen. And I write everywhere I am. I write on the subway. I write when I'm waiting for school pickup. I am always kind of processing my life through writing. So I do it again in kind of a formal way every morning and then just throughout life all the time in real time. One thing I've learned along the way that really helped me is I think when people knew, especially when I was younger, that I was like a writer and a storyteller is they would give me like really beautiful, fancy journals, you know, for like an eighth grade graduation or a high school graduation. And I never could like persuade myself to use the really beautiful, fancy journals because I felt like, I don't know what I'm writing is just so like messy and eh, and it felt like something really profound had to happen. And so I learned along the way, this is probably one of the big shifts is I write in like drugstore, like steno pads or legal pads, or again, like hotel stationery. It helps me lower the stakes and it helps me feel like what I'm doing isn't quite so like formal or fancy or doesn't have to be profound in any way. Well, I think any piece of art or culture or wisdom, and certainly the Bible is all of those things and, you know, sacred in, in a totally special way, but any piece of art or wisdom or culture or meaning... You can observe it at a distance, or you can interact with it, let it shape you, let it interact with your own experiences and feelings, and and the experience of it will be so much richer if you do that, right? Imagine going to an art museum and just standing in front of a painting, just like with your eyes sort of on it in like a very like blank way. But then imagine if someone said, I want you to sit in front of it for 30 minutes with a pen and paper, and I want you to write about what you're experiencing as you look at it. Well, obviously, that second experience would be so much richer, right? Like you would notice new colors or new angles. You would connect your own feelings to it. Maybe you would observe someone else in the room and their connection to it. So the difference between like a passive, like my eyes are on it, but that's all that's happening and an active, I'm writing about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm engaging my own story in it. I think the Bible's just exactly that same way. And so you can flip it open on a given morning and read whatever text. If you're on like a reading plan and go like, okay, I did my chapter for the day or I read my for the day. Or 
you can read it with a pen and paper and bring your own feelings, your own experiences, ask some questions, look up some things, draw patterns and parallels from your own life to what's happening in scripture. It's going to of course, be so much richer. And so I think to do that with our practice of reading the Bible, to do it with the hymns that we sing, to do it with the prayers that we pray, anytime we can bring our most whole selves, engaging our emotions, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our memories, the setting and geography we find ourselves in, it's going to be a richer experience. Obviously, when I'm exhausted, stressed, isolated, frantic, when I'm living according to someone else's schedule for my life and it's too fast and it's too busy, of course, when that happens, I'm not the parent I want to be. Of course, I'm short with them or I'm distracted or when they have a great, fun, creative idea, I'm like, whoa, 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 let's not do that right now. So it matters for the parent that I am just day to day, like what it's like to be in the same apartment with me. But it also matters from like a modeling and example standpoint. I want my kids to feel able to make the decisions that match their own values for their lives, to make their lives as busy or slow as they want them to be, to be as relational and social and adventurous or contemplative and quiet, whatever suits them. And if I'm not doing that, how are they going to know how to do that? They see everything. And so it's a really good motivation to be the kind of person you want to be because they're watching every little thing. So this is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's a dream of heaven. John sees into the future from Revelation 1, 5, 21, and 22. John was one of Jesus' helpers. He was old now and living on an island, which might sound nice, except it was a prison. The leaders put him there to stop him from talking about Jesus. But I'm sure you don't think a little thing like being in a cell, in a prison, on an island, in the middle of an ocean could stop God's plan, do you? One morning, Jesus appeared right there in John's cell. Jesus' eyes were bright, shining like the sun. I'm going to show you a secret, John, Jesus said, about when I come back. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Write down what you see so God's children can read it and wait with happy excitement. Then Jesus gave John a beautiful dream, except John was wide awake and what he saw was real. And one day it would all come true. The line I love from this so, so, so much, I've read it several times, write down what you see so God's children can read it and wait with happy excitement. I mean, that feels like kind of the core of what any of us who are writers or creators feel kind of called to do, right? Any of us who are storytellers or songwriters or painters or dancers, people who make anything, who tell stories in any way, poets, preachers, all of it, we're writing down what we see in the world, what's beautiful, what's notable, what's profound, what's shaping and challenging so that God's children can read it. And then our job is to just wait with happy excitement and see what God's going to do with it. It's out of our control at that point, and it's for God's use for His children. That feels like a really lovely way to describe the work that any of us do when we do creative work. I love it. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, 
God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love.